Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question is from Corey. She asks, I'm wondering if you have some tips for helping my four and a half year old in transitioning between classrooms at school. She has regressed at home and at school recently. Tantrums, arguing with everything, crying at drop-off, pouting in class. She's never been easygoing. She's always had strong emotions. Her pediatrician is greenlighting an early evaluation for ADHD and anxiety, though she believes my daughter's in the range of normal and simply really strong-willed and emotional. Today, my daughter's teacher called me at work to ask me to call my daughter down over the phone. She was sitting on the floor crying and refusing to participate. She's been going to daycare since she was three months old, and this is the first time I've ever had to do that. And the thing is, she was actually going through a blissful period before this. Mature, helpful, listening, not arguing with every little thing. And then this transition happens, and it's like she regressed back to three. In the before times, I believe she would have been excited about moving to the older class, and they usually do a more progressive type thing. But because of COVID, the classes are kept in hermetically sealed bubbles, so there's no touch points to make the transition smoother, just a rip of the Band-Aid. Is there any advice on helping her get excited about school again and maybe dealing with the loss of the relationship with her old teacher and maybe reversing this regression and getting back to the four-year-old I had two months ago? Thanks, Corey. Corey, you're right. It's a regression. And, you know, the most important first step, I think, is that we understand that there's an iceberg here, right? There's what we're seeing above the surface, which is the challenging behavior. And there's what's going on underneath, which is a lot bigger. And that's what we need to get curious about. That you're aware of that already makes this, you know, so much better. I'm glad you're getting an evaluation. And I think you should really trust your gut here, speaking from experience. There's nothing I think you should be alarmed about. But if you get patted on the head and get in like an, okay, mom, I think she's just a four-year-old, or they send you home with advice to read more parenting books or something, nod nicely, go ahead, read the parenting books, but keep asking. Because if you sense that something is different or not right, you really should trust your gut. You're going to check her sleep. Is something happening since the time change that she's not sleeping enough? You're going to check her diet. You're going to really sort of excavate for yourself, like what is going on? In this case, I think there's an explanation that's pretty obvious and pretty universal, which is the sort of ending of the pandemic, the returning to the way things used to be. 
which is hard. Our episode this week is going to be about returning to routines. And now that we can do what we used to do, we suddenly don't want to. For a four-year-old, she spent 25% of her life hanging out with you, right? Doing this completely differently. So this really is a lot to ask of any four-year-old. And it's a miracle that any of them can do this, can comply with all the additional rules that are in place because of this COVID time. As far as helping your daughter and what's going to work. I think you can be, you know, extra cuddles at home, extra jammy time, extra support during what is clearly a a difficult transition for your daughter. And I think the teacher is going to be a great resource here. If the teacher is calling you at work, it's clearly something your kid is having a hard time dealing with and the teacher to some extent as well. So she's going to be a willing participant if you show up with anything besides hey, can you do a better job here? So your kid's teacher has probably already thought of all these things, but make sure that your kid is maybe getting extra chances to be the line leader, the light flicker, the class shusher, the one who plays a gong when it's time to line up for music. Make sure that your daughter is getting the chance and maybe a little bit of an extra chance to indicate with the teacher when the time has come for transition. Can you give her some of these duties at home? Make her the dinner time announcer. You know, the bedtime. Can she be telling you and your co-parent, if you have one, that it's, you know, brush your teeth time and timing them? You know, that kind of thing. Make her in charge. And if the other person can play act a little bit of frustration with that, that's okay too, right? Let her, let her see that. It will probably help her work some of this out. You can also make sure, this is, this is a little bit trickier, but make sure the routine at school is predictable, are they, you know, doing story time on the rug and then putting on their coats to go outside every day? Or is that just Mondays and Thursdays and on Tuesdays there's a push in for music and then on Wednesdays there's extra art time? You know, if the routine is overly complicated and different from day to day, that it would be hard for a four-year-old to do. And some slight simplification of that might benefit more than just your daughter. Uh, Hopefully there's a chart on the wall. I mean, this is such basic stuff for early education. So your teacher knows all this stuff. So you don't want to be like, hey, do you know that kids have a hard time with transitions? Your kid's teacher is aware of that already, but there is a way to sort of, hey, how can we lean in? I know this is a developmental thing. Because guess what? This is a developmental thing. Some kids have a hard time with transitions. I had a kid who had a hard time with transitions. It is something that happens. And in this case, keep looking for the answer. But I hope in this case for you that it's just this simple explanation of COVID changed everything. And now as we go back to life, some of us are going to have an easier time with that than others. And if your daughter needs a little more time and a little more support, I think that she's going to get there because you have this, you know, loving awareness of what's really going on beneath the surface. And one last suggestion for you, if the teacher can find ways to cut the kid some slack and not make her participate in every transition. I don't mean pay attention to her while she's having a tantrum on the floor and the, you know, 14 other kids are lined up. I'm thinking of an example with my kid who had a tough time with transitions, really didn't want to line up for art, then really didn't want to line up for music, got to the point where this kid would go to art class in you know the early childhood years and just not want to participate and just sit there. And this kid wasn't carrying on and this kid wasn't throwing a tantrum, was just not participating. And this very wise teacher who had been teaching for a long time talked to me about it. She said, I, you know, I don't really know why this is happening, but I decided to just let this kid be there and just be there and not do art. And it worked. And after a while, my kids started doing art again, you know. So this is a season. Kids, you know, alternate 
between these periods of regulation and dysregulation. So sounds like you're in the soup right now, but this will change and hopefully for your sake, it will change soon. Send us your parenting questions and we might answer yours next. Email us questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 